Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, October 10th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Israel is retaliating for a violent attack over the weekend. They've destroyed residential homes, uh, several high-rise buildings. It's been a very heavy toll so far, and this war is just starting. And Israel's currency has fallen as a result of the conflict. Plus, European Union regulators plan to take action against U.S. biotech company Illumina. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. It's been several days since Hamas launched a brutal surprise attack against Israel. Yesterday, the Israeli government responded with what it's calling a complete siege of Gaza. The military is pummeling the territory with airstrikes and calling up a record 300,000 reservists. More than 1,500 people have died since Saturday, and Hamas has threatened to kill the hostages they took from Israel. The FT's John Reed is in Jerusalem. He joins me now. Hi, John. Hi, Mark. So we're talking to you on Monday afternoon, your time. What's the scale of the fighting as we speak? It's uh, showing signs of being a very, very uh, large-scale war. We've had, um, as in the past, the militant factions in Gaza firing rockets into Israel, most but not all of which are intercepted by Israel's um, Iron Dome missile defense system. I think the IDF said that more than 4,500 rockets had been fired into Israel since Saturday. So yes, it's very large-scale. And what's happening on the ground in Gaza? What kind of retaliatory attacks has Israel launched so far? So we're limited in what we know about what's happening inside Gaza. Um, obviously, it's impossible for journalists, uh, local or foreign, to report inside there right now. But by the account of Palestinians um, inside Gaza and um, Israel's military, Israel has bombed the Strip very heavily. They've destroyed residential homes, uh, several high-rise buildings, in at least one case, a mosque, where Israel says that one of the militant groups had operations It's been a very heavy toll so far, and this war is just starting. Yeah, and like I mentioned earlier, Israel is calling this a complete siege. What exactly does that mean? Gaza is already under very, very strict restrictions, um, has been since 2007 when Hamas wrested control of the enclave from Fatah, the other Palestinian faction. So there was very, very strict uh, controls on movement of Palestinians in and out essentially a blockade via sea, air, and water. What they're now saying they will do, and what indeed they already have done, is uh, cut off electricity, cut off, you know, basically all other supplies into the territory. The energy ministry, Israel Katz, also said that he'd instructed authorities to cut off water. Gaza gets some of its fresh water um, from Israel. Wow. So how are people in Gaza going to survive? Do we know? That's a very good question. I think we don't know. I mean, the impression that I have, to the extent I've been able to talk to people inside Gaza, they're responding as they have in um, past Israeli military operations. And this is now, I think, the fifth one in a decade and a half. They're basically moving away from the border areas in the north and in the east that border on Israel, moving into, in some cases, UN-run schools, in in other cases, um, homes of, of family, friends, or acquaintances. And I think they're just preparing themselves for the worst. The Israeli response already has been quite brutal. If it turns into a ground operation, uh, then a lot of people will be in the way. Don't forget, this is a very, very densely populated territory where people really live 
cheek by jowl with the very same Hamas, Islamic Jihad militants that Israel is targeting. It's very hard to get out of the way. John Reed is our South Asia bureau chief. He's covering Jerusalem for the FT right now. Thanks, John. Thanks, Mark. Israel's currency has been hurt by the conflict with Hamas. The shekel fell to a seven-year low against the dollar yesterday. And in response, the Bank of Israel said it would sell up to $30 billion worth of foreign reserves to support the currency. I'm joined now by the FT's Mary McDougal. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mark. So, Mary, what was the strategy behind the move by Israel's central bank? Yeah, well, it was a big move. And the idea is to stabilize the exchange rates and provide the necessary liquidity for the proper functioning of markets. So as you said, they said they would sell up to 30 billion of foreign exchange to support the currency. And they also, in addition to that program, said it was necessary they would provide up to 15 billion through the swaps markets, which is done via futures to banks. And what kind of impact would this move have? It could have a big impact. Israel's got big foreign exchange reserves, it should be able to easily support the currency. Well, that's what analysts are saying. It also has experience and credibility in stabilizing FX. Although historically, it's mainly bought foreign currencies to help weaken the shekel when it was strengthening. In 2020, it provided seven and a half billion of support through the swaps markets when the shekel weakened. So yeah, let's put this move into context in terms of how the shekel was doing before the conflict arose over the weekend? The currency has been on a pretty steady grind lower all year. It's now down 10% against the dollar this year, um, which has been mainly fueled by investors' concerns over the government's efforts to weaken the power of the judiciary. Investors have also been increasingly worried about the fiscal outlook as the budget deficit has widened. Analysts at City said they now see a downside risk to their forecast of a 2.5% budget deficit in 2024 as defense spending is going to rise. Mary, do we have a sense yet of what kind of ripple effect the conflict between Israel and Hamas is having on the markets? Yeah, well, it's very, it's still early stages, but the oil market is what everyone's watching closely. So Brent, which is the international oil benchmark, jumps 5% in early morning trading before steadying to trade up almost 4% higher at $87 a barrel. Israel's not an oil producer, but there are concerns the conflict could trigger wider uncertainty in the region and tougher enforcement of sanctions on oil from Iran, whose foreign ministry was reported to have backed Hamas's actions as an act of self-defense. Mary McDougal is the FT's bonds and currencies reporter. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Mark. EU regulators want the U.S. biotech company Illumina to sell a cancer test developer it bought. That's according to FT sources. Illumina bought the company, called Grail, in 2021, but it didn't get permission from Brussels. Illumina and the EU have been in a legal battle ever since. EU regulators don't often force companies to sell. This move is designed to dissuade other companies from defying Brussels. Illumina has argued that the EU doesn't have jurisdiction over the deal because Grail doesn't have any revenues in Europe. But U.S. regulators have also demanded that Illumina sell Grail. Before we go... Hello, am I speaking with Claudia Golden? Yes, yes. 
A quick shout out to Claudia Golden. She's a professor at Harvard University, and she just won the Nobel Prize for Economics. Here's an interview that she did after she learned she won. It was posted on the Nobel Prize website. The first thing I did upon hearing it was I told my husband. He smiled. He said, that's great. Uh, Can we just tell me what to do? And I told him to take the dog out and make some tea. Golden earned the prize for her extensive research into why there are more men in the workforce than women and what causes that gap to fluctuate. Golden found that the number of women in the workplace didn't steadily increase over time. That's to say it didn't increase with economic growth. The trajectory has more of a U-shape to it. The Nobel is often given for extraordinarily important findings and ideas, often theoretical. But there have been prizes awarded for what I call big ideas and long-term change. Golden is the third woman to win the economics prize and the first to win it by herself rather than sharing it. Bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.